Why do 100% of trailblazers have stories worth sharing? Dive into the lives of women who redefine success and empowerment. Women Like Me. Stories and Business, the podcast that brings you up close with women from every corner of the earth. From entrepreneurs in bustling cities to authors in tranquil villages, these are the voices of resilience, innovation, and spirit. Join Julie Fairhurst as she explores the diverse experiences that shape their lives, offering insights and inspiration. Whether you're on your morning commute or a late night listener, tune in and be inspired by the power of women's stories. Now here is your host, Julie Fairhurst. Welcome to Women Like Me, Stories and Business, the podcast that will captivate you with stories of success, resilience, and growth. Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a curious mind, or simply seeking motivation and inspiration, you'll gain practical tips, innovative strategies, and actionable advice that you can apply to your own life and business endeavors. Now here's your host, business coach and master persuader, Julie Fairhurst. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Women Like Me, Stories and Business. And I'm really, really pleased today to be with uh, one of our newest writers. I'll tell you a little bit about that. But first, I just want to welcome Heather O'Reilly. Thank you so much for being willing to do this, Heather. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. I really appreciate being able to do this. It's uh, it's a real pleasure. Oh, good. Thank you. Okay, so before we dive in to uh, Heather's uh, story and and what she she's done some pretty amazing stuff out there, I just want to let uh, the listeners know. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, of course, you'll see the book. But this is the book that Heather has written in. It's Volume Nine of Women Like Me. It's Whispers of Warriors, Women Who Refuse to Stay Broken, and it's an amazing, amazing book. You're going to find Heather's story if you want to read it and and grab the book. She is in chapter 10 and her story is called, I got to double check, Heather's Tree, A Lifetime of Learning. And we're going to talk a little bit about Heather's tree because I, I think it's just a, it's beautiful. So let's get in there. So Heather, why don't we start with you just telling our, our writers, because a lot of, or I'm sorry, our listeners, because a lot of times women, they're a little afraid to to step out of their comfort zone and share their story and tell their story. So, so would you mind just like telling us a little bit about how it was for you writing your story? Sure, sure. Thank you. Yes, um, I've written a couple of chapters in different books as well. So this was not totally new for me, but it was a, a, a very good learning experience for me. I, uh, I found, honestly, and Julie, you were a big help in that to kind of guide me as to how best to write. And so that made that process considerably easier for me. Um, it's interesting to tell your story. It's uh, gives you an opportunity to go back and review kind of what your life has been like. And when you lift a piece of that out, you can look back and see that this piece is because of what's happened before. It's all because of your experience previous and then where it might lead you in the future. And so that was just, that was a really interesting part of it for me 
was to look at that and just to see the process and how things have brought me from then to now. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for that. That was uh, that was actually enlightening. I, I and I appreciate the kind words. So thank you. So why don't you tell us what is Heather's tree? Okay, it all started a very, very, very long time ago when I was quite young. I was literally in a playground at school, and one child came up to me and said can I talk to you privately? And so we found, literally found a tree. It was actually an old cedar tree. And it had a a little section in it that was kind of private because there was a bit of tree around it and, you know, tree on all sides, but a little, little sort of, I'm going to call it a shelf of, of a couple of different branches where we could sit. It was absolutely perfect. And it just kind of went from there. So they basically wanted to speak to me about some personal problems. Why me? I honestly don't know at this point in time. I was seven years old. (laughs) I have no idea. However, uh, from that day forward, I was often in that tree with kids that I knew, kids that I had never met before. And they would literally tell me their problems and literally ask me for advice as a seven-year-old, and then it continued on. That is, I I just find that so amazing. I mean, I don't know, maybe there must have been, I don't know, I almost think it's something spiritual or something Mm -hmm. that must have been there guiding you and, and, um, and them to you, because that just, that just seems amazing. To me, well, like I had, I didn't know what was happening or why it was happening. I just knew that I needed to be there, and I do believe, yes, Julie, I, I agree with you. It had to have been something spiritual, yeah. Because why would kids in grade eight come to a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old yes. for advice? Yes. Um, Interesting. My wisdom obviously was not from me. It had to have been from somewhere else. And, you know, in my case, it's from God, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just, I just love that. I just love when you first told me about Heather's tree, I'm like, oh, my goodness, you have to write about that. I just thought that was just so beautiful and such a, such a a way of, of helping, especially children, because Sometimes they don't know who to go to and to think that they have a, another child that that they actually could entrust their whatever their secrets or whatever they needed help with was amazing. Yeah. So and then I would say from reading your story that Heather's tree sort of guided you to where you where you went in life. In one sense, uh, yes. Uh, in another sense, um, it kind of came with me. Um, you know, it's kind of the chicken and the egg, so to speak. And uh, it just seemed to follow me, or as you say, maybe it was already prepared for me to go to from whether, you know, whether I went from to a different school or no matter where I went, it was always there. Yeah. And so, um, so... Can you tell us a little bit about because I'm I'm quite uh, fascinated about uh, some disaster relief that you do, 
And I want to yes. make sure we talk about that. Can you can you explain to because because to be honest, I didn't even know that this existed until until we met. And I was, yeah, I'm still quite amazed by. It. Do you want to explain a little bit about what you do in that? Because I think it's a is it a volunteer position? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. 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 So when I took my coaching certification, this was also offered to me as. I guess there aren't many of us really that are from, you know, in that in that particular situation. And this was offered as a certificate for me. And so I love to help people, obviously. And so I jumped on that opportunity. And so I'm a certified uh, disaster recovery coach is what the official title is, which is interesting. That's why I didn't. What the, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And what that what that entails is if there is a disaster somewhere in the world, whether it be a natural disaster or whatever, I can be called upon at a moment's notice to go to that area and help people who no longer have a home, who no longer have any resources, who no longer have, uh, you know, who have lost loved ones, who have... Uh, you know, any any number of kinds of disaster, I'm sure you can imagine what they could be. I can go there and help them move forward so that they don't need to stay where they're at. And I do that through coaching. Yes. And that is uh it's very it's very interesting because no one looks at a disaster the same way. Right, of course. Even though they're in exactly the same situation, they do not look at it in the same way. So normally I would start out basically as a as a group coach and then move on to coaching individually. But I would start out as a group coach saying to everybody, okay, you know, this is what's going on. This is what's happened. Let's let's talk about it. It's cause kind of like facilitating a a group. And then we move on to doing the individuals. Well, they must be, you must, first of all, thank you for doing that. I mean, my goodness, how needed is that? Mm. And and your courage to go and face that because you might not be looking at some tra- mm. you know, traumatic things, right? So you must have, you must be very strong to be able to go do that. And and so the the, the people that you're coaching, they must be, are, are they in shock or like, they must be just going like. Uh, well, some are, some are good. Some are fine. You know, they've, they've kind of processed things not too badly by the time I get there. Um, others, as you say, are in total shock. They, they have no idea where they are, what they're doing, where they need to go, how they need to do what they need to do. They literally are totally lost. Yes. And that's heartbreaking to see that. And I, my coaching is to get them out of that and moving them in a direction so that they've got some focus because some of them are totally unfocused. They have no clue, no clue what to do. I would imagine. So, I mean, could you, I I can't even imagine. I don't want to imagine it's, it's, you know, it's, um, but it, it must be extremely difficult because, and you're right. I think I think focus is the key 
Now, you know, this happened, you can't change it, you're in the middle of it. Now it's time to, to get see a path onto how you can start to get your life better again. And, okay. and yeah, and move on. So wow. It's an interesting thing, Julie, is is what you have to what people have to realize is that when they have lost everything, they now have nothing to hold them back. And unfortunately, people feel that they're tied to whatever there was. But what they have to you know, get a grasp of is that now you are actually free to do anything you want. It may not be easy, but you're now actually free. You're totally free now to do whatever you want to do. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Nothing holding you. That. Well, there you go. That's the that's the focus. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, sadly, they have nothing to hold them back. But but now I'm just going to share with you a, a little story about my brother. So my brother, uh, a couple of years ago, um, all in the same week, his his pet passed away, his his uh, fiance left him. And he got fired from his job, the poor soul. So he phoned me and he had been at this job for 24 years and he phoned me and he was just distraught. At like, what do I do? And I mean, all I could say to him was congratulations. Mm-hmm. Your life is about to change because you were unhappy at that job. Your relationship wasn't going very well. I mean, you're poor pet, but you know, what can you do? Mm-hmm. But congratulations, you are free. And, and he and he was silent and he said, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I mean, that, he, that's not the same situation, of course, as what was happening, you know, with a lot of the people you deal with. But the same kind of thing, I think, I think a lot of us get so fearful and we, we, we don't want to see the or we can't see the opportunities in front of us. Yeah. Oh, yes. So yeah, that's just crazy. Just um, but I love that you do that. I love that you so so is this is this what kind of an organization is this? It because it's like similar to what the Red Cross would do, or do you go under the like who sends you? Uh it's literally just the coaching uh academy that I that I got coached oh, under. Okay. They, they would gather a group of us together and off we would go. You know, we'd all arrive there however we could get there yes, and yes. Uh, get together somewhere and and oh. uh, then we'd, we'd start. Wow. Well, that's wonderful. So let's talk a little bit about what you uh, about what else you do, because, as I said, I think Heather's tree has, as you said, maybe was a building tree for you climbing the tree. I don't know. But but you uh, but you have. um yeah, you don't just help people in disasters, you help you coach individuals as well. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your coaching business? Sure. Um, it's evolved over the past uh, few years as, as a result of COVID, which I'm sure is typical of most people at this point in time. You know, you you have this business plan all set out and COVID, boom, and suddenly everything's gone, you know, maybe 360. Yes. <laughs> um, so you're you're almost back to where you were originally, but it's not quite the same. Uh, and so life is like that. Life can throw you that way, or 
you can have plans, but not know how to go about them. And so what I do is I try and help you determine how and where you want to go. But as I said, things have have changed a little bit. And so what I'm doing now is I am working with relationships and communication for women over 45. There's that there's that section of of age where and it seems to be around 45 is where you have aging parents you have older adult children that you need to help you've got your own uh friends and 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 people that you you need to communicate with and be around and you tend to lose yourself in all of that and so i help also uh you to learn techniques to keep yourself in the loop and keep yourself well while communicating well enough to keep your relation all those relationships intact and hopefully better than they actually have been oh my goodness that uh, that is so needed i just spoke to somebody uh yesterday who told me that you know she's been helping a family member who's had to take some another family member's kids. And so she was saying, you know, she's put all this money aside for her retirement. And now she's been, you know, helping the best that she can, but it's starting to dwindle a little bit. And, and I think they, I think it's, it's, there's so many, we're kind of, we're, we're, we're scrap. We're what's the word I'm looking for. Sandwiched. Sandwiched. That's it. Sandwiched. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of advice do you give to people that that are, you know, my, unfortunately, my parents have passed away, but I've got adult children and a couple of them still need help, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> and it's, it can be overwhelming sometimes. Because you yeah. just you yeah. want them, you know, you, you, I don't know, I don't know, but you, you give us the advice. Give me some advice, Heather. <laughs> okay. Okay. First, uh, my first, my first advice would be to take care of yourself, because uh-huh. if you can't take care of yourself, like you, you know the airplane scenario, right? Right. If you can't take care of yourself first, then you're not going to be able to take care of other people, and that doesn't mean being selfish. I mean, in a sense, it's a bit selfish, but it's it's really got a a means to an end, which is to help others and and but maintain yourself. So you need some kind of routine. And some kind of, in my case, what I tell people is you set appointments for yourself in your calendar. And that is for self-care. So that would be my first thing is you need to have the self-care first. Once you have the self-care and you're stable, then you can help other people and help your family members. Now, a big thing about helping other people is setting boundaries. And a lot of people don't know how to set boundaries. They get them, they're kind of, they do something and they say, oh, well, I shouldn't do this. And then they get really wishy-washy in it. And the next thing they know, they're they're actually doing the thing that they really don't want to be doing. Right. And it's very unproductive and it really doesn't help you. And it doesn't really help the other individual. Right. So that would be my second set of advice is to work on your boundaries and to keep them. Yes. Yes. Set them and keep them, maintain them. 
And then beyond that, you need to just figure out what's the most important thing. For me, I get up every day. I have three things that are the most important things that need to be done. And I get those things accomplished. And that's the same thing with anybody's life is you get up, choose three things, just three, work on those, get them out of the way, and then everything else is gravy. Perfect. And so what does we can do? What like I totally get that boundary thing. I, I understand that. And it's hard sometimes as a parent and a grandparent. So if a woman was having difficulties with boundaries, like how would they go about what would your advice be about, I don't know, sticking to them or how do they set them or so first thing. Find out what your values and your beliefs are, because everything that you set up as boundaries or literally how you live your life is dependent on those values and beliefs. Right. And sometimes we have beliefs that are that really aren't correct. So one thing I do get people to do is they they determine their values, their core values. They determine their beliefs and then they check to see if their beliefs are true. Right. And if their beliefs are not true, then you have to either discard them or replace them or adjust them. Once you have those in place, then you know what's really important for you. And then you know where you can set uh, a limit for someone else or a limit even for yourself. Yes. And I'll, I'll give you a little example. Um, there's a gentleman who is a, uh, a coach. He coaches high-level executives, and he has written a book or two himself. His name is Darren Hardy, and he was asked. He's, he gets asked oh hundreds of times a day to endorse books, oh. and he tried to figure out because he's got integrity. Yes. He felt that he had to read the book through and then give a proper evaluation, but. It was too hard. It took far too much time. So what he, the boundary he actually set was, I'm not going to endorse any books. And it doesn't matter if you're a family member or who you are. It doesn't matter. So now his his crew, his team can now find, if an email comes in or a book comes in, they can Without bias, without any kind of, of uh, picking, you know, like, yeah, they can literally just say, I'm sorry, he doesn't do that. And he never sees them now. And so he never sees the emails. He never sees the the books themselves. And so he's freed up so much time doing that. And it's a very simple boundary. And it doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't hurt anybody's feelings because... Oh. It's completely everybody. Nobody, nobody will get their book uh, endorsed by him. That's what. That's an excellent example. Thank you for sharing that. That really gets it. Gets my brain going a little bit. I'm like, oh, what do I need to set some boundaries about? Just free up some of my time. It's mm-hmm. that's a good one. Yes, because I think we all just want to, you know, we want to help as much as we can, but we also need to. I. I 100% believe we have to put ourselves first because, and and this was part of the reason that I wanted to do my book program was because I want to stop that generational trauma as much as I can. And, 
And by helping the reader to, or the writer possibly to release uh, any trauma or just kind of help them through it. I am not a coach. I guess I might be a book coach, but I'm not a life coach at all. But I wanted, I just wanted, I, I just thought if women and men are important, but if women could start to heal and just, and start to think about caring for themselves and, and caring for themselves first, then they can care better for their children. That's, you know, because we can't, we can't, uh, if we're, if we're messed up, then we're going to do a messed up job. Mm-hmm. Right? Just the way it is. So that's, so, um, so I just love that. And I think that, and I think boundaries is such a, I, I never really thought about it a lot. But as we're talking, I'm thinking, boundaries are so important. And because yeah, yeah. And it te- if you have boundaries and it teaches your kids to have boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so as women, yeah. we don't have boundaries. Our daughters and maybe our sons don't have boundaries. And, and that's, that's the thing. It, boundaries are so incredibly important. Boundaries don't have to. Often boundaries are, are thought of as very negative. But you can, uh, when you consider a child in a yard, for example, there is a fence, which is a boundary. And what is that for? It's to keep people in, to keep your child in, but it's to keep other things out as well. But it's to keep the ball that the child kicks in a willy nilly, it's to keep it in as well. But it also provides a safe space for people to be creative, to do, uh, you know, for a child especially, to learn to run because there's freedom in that area. And as soon as you have a boundary, there's actually freedom. So it's boundaries are not negative. They can be, but they're normally not negative. Heather, you're such a smart lady. (laughs) (laughs) No, you are. I love that example. I absolutely love that example. Wow. And and so give me a little bit more of an idea of what, so, so in, so you're, you're coaching, I mean, any woman or man, I suppose that wants to yes. discuss boundaries or, or relationships, but is there anything special that you would tell other than boundaries that you would tell someone who's sort of sandwiched in that, in that uh, situation of caring for their children, helping adult children, but also their parents or grandparents or? Sure. Another really, really important thing is is communication. And I mean, if you're angry and you show you're angry and you express yourself in anger, the result is anger back. So if you can kind of control that to some degree, you've got a better chance of actually having some kind of communication back and forth. So one of the ways to do that is to listen, not to respond. And I'm sure you've heard this before. You listen, not to respond, but to hear, to hear what the other person says. And the best way to do that is to repeat back to that individual what they just said. And ask them, is that what you mean? Especially when you're in a conflict situation where somebody's very angry with you and they rah, 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 rah at you, 
and they keep roaring at you. And then you finally say to them, okay, so this is what you're saying is the issue. Is that correct? This is what I hear you saying. And they'll tell you yes or no. But the thing is, they have to stop and slow down because they want you to know what they really want you to know. And if what you said is not what they were trying to say, then they're going to correct you. And then what you have then is dialogue, because then you can talk about what the issue is and not get caught up in the in the emotion of the of the event. You really are smart. That was a good one too. <laughs> I can tell you so many things to do. <laughs> I love that one because because you're right. I think especially in a conflict, we're we're listening and and our brains are going, hey, what am I going to say about this? We're not necessarily taking in the message or trying to understand the message. We're we're coming up with what what we got to apply reply back at. And yeah. um, so, if I get if I understand you, then what you're saying is, if you say back to that person, "Is this what you meant when you said this?" or "Yeah," then then I, I is that what you said to say? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the concept. Yes, you say it in your way. You know, I mean, I could tell you exactly how to say it, but yes. I mean, then it's not coming from you, right? Of course. Of course. <laughs> no, that's really good. And I think that, and I think it puts you, when you ask them that, I think it actually puts you in a position where you're prepared. Now you're prepared to understand because you've said to them, is this what you meant when you said right. this? Because right. now you're actually trying to understand rather than being more reactive and defensive. Exactly. Yeah. The, the other thing, though, Julie, too, is you need to be heard as well. And when you have to understand that if you are yap, yap, yapping at someone, they're listening to answer back. Right. So you need to be heard as well. And the best way to do that is to say. What did you hear me say? Or can you tell me what you heard? The problem with that is. If you say it in that term right away like that, people are going to say, like, what do you think I am, stupid? Do you think I'm not listening? Right. So, so to stop that from happening, you say, so that we're on the same page, what did you hear me say? Oh. And then you get their perspective. They have to think about what you've said. The whole conversation slows down. Yes. And then there's thought. There's not emotion. Emotion starts to... It's not good to work from emotion. We all know that. It it does not work well. No. So if we can slow that emotion, remove not necessarily remove it, because you can still be passionate. You should be passionate in what you're saying. Uh if you if you like lower that or or you know eliminate it as much as you can when you need, then you actually have dialogue, you actually have conversation. Yes which is better than back and forth, back and forth, blaming and criticizing and the things we tend to do when our emotions are all up here. Sure. And 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 you tend to forget what you're actually talking about. Yes, you do. What was the actual issue? The issue was, you know, somebody left a shoe on the stair. You know? yeah. yeah. And now we're <laughs> screaming at each other about something that happened 20 years ago. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which doesn't make... A hill of beans, a difference in life. Yes, yes, you're right. That's so right. 
Wow. Well, so do you do so? So do you do um, uh, coaching online for women as well? Then I do. Yes. Good. Good. So, so if someone was having some issues or they needed to talk about boundaries or if they're, you know, feeling squished between the generations, um, they could, they, they don't have to necessarily because you're in Ontario. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. Yeah. So they don't need to come knock to your door. They can reach you on the World Wide web, just like everybody yes, else these days. Yeah. Yes, I think that's, you know, I think that's so wonderful because, um, you know, if you if you if you feel in alignment with what someone is saying, uh, it's nice to know that that you could just reach out even even online with somebody and uh, text text me, phone me. I, you know, it's all there. Yep. Yes, yes. There's so many ways to reach each other. Yes, mm-hmm. well, Heather, I loved our conversation, mm-hmm. and I re- when I say you're a smart lady, I'm not. I, I'm serious. You. Have- very smart lady. And, um, and I like how and you're very logical, which I really like. Uh, There's no fluff. It's just, you know, logical ways to deal with people and to deal with emotions and deal with communication skills. And I would really encourage anybody that's listening, that's feeling kind of pressured, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. um, Because uh, you can reach Heather online and and have a private call with her and uh and you know see if you're a match to to that she can help you out and rather than suffer and rather than feel frustrated because I know so many are I I would really encourage them to do that so Heather do you want to have any wisdom you want to just share to uh to our audience before we close um, just to reiterate a, li- a little bit is you know you put yourself first before you do anything put yourself first because if you don't put yourself first you just you can't help others and i think women especially we all like to help others yes. it's kind of our god given god given gift i suppose you could say yes. we yes. have that and so make sure you take care of yourself first so that you're ready to help others. Oh, thank you so much. So for everyone listening or watching on YouTube, in the details section, I am going to have information about Heather, how you can reach her. I'm going to have a link to the book that Heather wrote her story in, should you be interested in picking that up. And there's going to be links of uh, how you can reach out to Heather if you if you need some assistance or you just want to chat and see if she's a good fit to help you through your struggles. So uh, so please watch for that. And Heather, I, I hope we can do this again uh, another another time. I, I really enjoyed this. And, and the, the tips that you gave were just so practical. And, and uh, anybody listening, I know they're going to be able to just go, oh, yeah, boundaries. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea for communication. So so thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. We I appreciate it so much. Well, Julia, I really appreciated the opportunity. It's uh, and I and I love talking with you. I've had a really uh, a really good experience here. Oh, good. good. Perfect. Okay. Okay, Heather, we will see you again soon one day. And goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening or watching. Thanks for listening to Women Like Me, Stories and Business. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and tell a friend. Don't miss this opportunity to transform your life and business. Let the journey begin.
Why do so many of our listeners come back? Because every story shared here sparks a light within. Your presence and time mean the world to us as we build a community brimming with inspiration and empowerment. Each episode, we dive into stories that resonate, celebrate achievements, and tackle challenges, all while fostering a supportive network. Remember, you're not just a listener, you're part of our community. Can't wait to have you back for more stories that inspire. Until next time, keep thriving and supporting one another.